Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, babes? This end hit along the wall. A puck to the left point. Kept in by Orbit. Down in front of shot. And they score! And it's Devontae Smith Pelly on a save at a left point. DSP save of the day. We're tied at three with 10.08 to go. How about Devontae? The Caps win life here in game five. I'm your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to be joined by friend of the show, mentor, all-around good guy, John Press. How you doing, John? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing doing great. Um, you know, last time I had you on, we said we were going to record a playoff preview together, and that's what we're here to do. Yeah, so we're just going to give our picks and be out of here, right? Yeah, I was thinking maybe a good, <laughs> like, two and a half minutes and wrap yeah, this bad boy up. Exactly. Let's do that. All right. Well, um... Let, 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 let's talk a little bit about how you feel about the series before you give that final number. And I, I know All we, right. we got to, right. you know, it's like at the beginning of a TV episode where they show the last like three minutes at the very beginning uh-huh. and then build right. up to how they got there. But, right. but we're not going to do that. All right. We're going to mix it back up. All right. uh, tell me a little bit about the Panthers. I mean, th- this isn't Carl Alsner's Panthers team anymore. No, I mean, they're, they're an absolute offensive juggernaut. Um, and, uh, they that should scare the crap out of a team that uh, has two goalies who don't know how to stop pucks consistently. So, uh, you know, I think I think that uh, the Panthers are going to score a lot of goals in this series. And the the real question is, um, do the Caps have any chance whatsoever to to match that uh, goal scoring? And uh, frankly, they they haven't shown a lot of proficiency there recently. Uh, we we do know that the Panthers' goaltending can be a little suspect, and it can uh, they they've let teams take leads on them, uh, come back on them, do all sorts of things. But the bottom line is they score a lot of goals, and they far more often than not end up on the right side of the score ledger at the end of the game. So. Uh, the Caps absolutely have a monumental task ahead of them. Now, heading down the stretch, the Capitals looked like they really had a chance to, you know, maybe get ahead of the Penguins and then match up with the Rangers in the first round. Uh, you know, do you have any kind of thoughts about the letdown there at the end of the season, especially those last few games against the Islanders and Rangers? Uh, it was pretty disappointing. I mean, it, it was 
first of all, I think that the the Rangers would have been a better matchup for the Caps than Florida is. Uh, I don't think that's an outrageous statement. I know some people think that they'd rather play Florida. And, uh, you know, frankly, we've seen a, a lot of the Rangers over the past decade. So I don't know how much more Rangers we need. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was disappointing that the Caps controlled their destiny and did nothing with it. And uh, it was, you know, from from even more of a process standpoint, it was disappointing to see them play like just absolute shit with uh, so much on the line against a crappy Islanders team that had nothing to play for other than, you know, spoiling the Caps' uh, chances of getting a better playoff seed. Uh, and then a Rangers team that, didn't dress anybody, uh, you know, the, the, uh, some of their key players. I think they sat Panarin, they sat Cop, they sat Shesterkin. So, yeah, it was uh, disappointed in the lack of results, dis- very disappointed in the process. I think they did play better against the Rangers for what it's worth, but those, those two Islander games were just embarrassing. And, yeah, they didn't have uh, Alex Ovechkin, but uh, they, they shouldn't need Alex Ovechkin to be able to beat that Islanders team when they have something to play for and the Islanders don't. So uh, I didn't enjoy watching those games. They were just ugly to watch, boring to watch, uh, and and the Caps play in those games uh, was nothing if not discouraging. You know, it's kind of unrelated, but watching those games uh, made me think about what Caps hockey will be like post-Ovechkin. I mean, will this be the regular Will it be this kind of uninspired, uh, lackluster performance for a few years while the Capitals kind of rebuild and retool? But uh, maybe that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, let, let's yeah, slow your roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not go there. All right, let's, let's focus in a little bit about, um, again, about this new look Panthers team and, and specifically their offense. I mean, Jonathan Huberto is a guy that, you know, Cavs fans are very familiar with. He's been in the league for a long time now. He put up 115 points in 80 games. Um, that's second best in the league. Next best was was Barkov, who was in 17th with 88 points. I mean, these are these are big name players. Barkov, kind of probably being the best two way player in the series, I'd say. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on those two guys and the kind of the offensive dynamic that you that you get from Florida? Yeah, well, I mean, those guys are uh, two terrific players. Uh, Huberto, obviously, just an offensive wizard. Uh, just incredible vision. Um, great speed. Great player in transition. Uh, if I recall correctly, I think he was a junior teammate of, of Caps uh, draft pick Stan Galiev. I, I think they skated on a line together. Uh, so that's, I think, where, where some Caps fans, even before they made it to the NHL, got some exposure to Huberdeau. Um, but he's a terrific player. He cheats a little bit uh, on offense. Uh, I think that's partially by design uh, and partially by the, the player being the player that he is. Uh, so you'll see him flying the zone a little early sometimes. And, uh, you know, that, that would be a, a great time for the Caps to take advantage of that. Um, but it's a double-edged sword because you've also then got Jonathan Huberto behind you, uh, which is uh, a scary thought. Um, Barkov, as you stated, 
a better two-way player, a more complete player. Uh, for my money, he's their best player um, and one of the absolute best players in the entire National Hockey League. Um, he won less, the Selkie Trophy last year, and he, he's uh, scored 39 goals in 67 games this year. So, uh, you know, added 49 assists, 88 points in 67 games. I mean, wow. <laughs> that is that is a uh, those two guys are a total going concern for the caps and uh they're they play on different lines typically and uh the thing is you get past those guys and you've got a third line with sam reinhardt yep. on it with 33 goals you know and mason marchment who had like 18 goals in 54 games and you know uh, these other guys that uh aren't necessarily household names but they they fill the net and uh, you know, it's uh, the caps can't take any shifts off because, you know, we've seen the caps at times uh, when facing some top offensive players uh, sometimes actually do a, a good job containing them. You know, there have been series or games, certainly series also where, you know, it wasn't Sidney Crosby that's beating you, no. but it's, uh, you know, the guys further down the lineup. It's, the, you know, the, the third liners, the fourth liners that are uh, tearing you apart. So, you know, obviously if the Caps can saw off Barkov and Huberto somehow, that would be incredible. But uh, they can't take off, uh, they can't take shifts off against the, the bottom six either because those guys are uh, maybe a little less likely to hurt you, but not much less likely. Yeah. I mean, so I'm reading uh, Sportsnet's preview uh, by Rory Boylan for the series. And what jumped out to me was, you know, they talked about, and you and I actually talked about this game specifically on our last podcast, uh, or the game I'm thinking of, about how Florida set kind of a record since the 60s for the most comeback wins after two periods. Um that, that's a great thing, right? You always want to be able to come back. But what does it mean, if anything, that they're, they were trailing often after two periods and, and that they kind of had to fight back? I mean, what's where are they vulnerable? And I think it's a kind, of, kind of throwing you a softball, but what can the Capitals exploit? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that that stat is uh, something that sounds probably pretty familiar to Caps fans. Yeah. I mean, these, these Panthers, they're... There, there are a lot of analogs to those um, Boudreaux Caps teams of the, uh, uh, you know, or, you know, the 2009-2010 uh, time frame. Uh, a, a team that is just supremely gifted offensively. Um, they can win a ton of regular season games uh, on talent, uh, on just having a talented advantage. They can fuck around for a period or two and then flip a switch and usually come away with two points, you know? So can they flip the switch and uh, play that kind of hockey from the opening horn? Uh, I guess they don't open with a horn. Opening whistle uh, in in the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, are they vulnerable uh, because of their defense and their goaltending? Maybe. Um I certainly think it's something that uh, could become uh, concerning down the road if they start playing some of uh, the Eastern Conference's better teams. Um, but for the Caps, you know, it's it's 
I guess take advantage of what they give you and um, you know, you're not going to get uh, you're, you're going to get your chances. Uh, it's imperative that they actually uh, convert on them and then figure out a way to, to button down. And um, it's not sexy and it's not fun, uh, but the caps can't get in a, a track meet with this team. They just can't. And it, they, they need to, um, they need to, to back off, pack it in some, and play support their goaltenders who don't make all the saves. And uh, you know they can't be stretching the ice uh, a ton against these guys, which is, you know, it's kind of hard because that's where this team is vulnerable. Is you know if you can skate with them and everything like that. Uh, but I don't think the Caps have the horsepower, and they don't have. Uh, they don't, frankly, they don't have the goaltending to uh, rely on. You know, when, when we've seen the Caps be successful at uh, at stretching, at really engaging in these track meets, it's typically when they've got a backstop who makes some some saves. And um, you know, it, you, you can afford to be a little more aggressive uh, on the forecheck. You could be afford to. You know, pinch in when Jonathan Huberto takes off a uh, basket hanging, uh, waiting for an outlet pass, and you have a mini power play in the offensive zone because he's not interested in playing defense or whatever. Um, you could do that if you've got a goalie who can make stops at the other end. But uh, frankly, I don't think that the Caps do right now. So I think they have to be a little more conservative and try to muck things up. And you know, if they could get things to a point where it's almost a coin flip hockey game, you know, call it Dale Hunter hockey, call it Barry Trotz hockey, call it Peter Laviolette hockey, whatever. If they can get to a point where where it's a coin flip, uh, they've massively increased their odds of winning it. Because if if they just, you know, go out there and play their game against Florida going out there and playing their game, uh they're, the Caps' odds are way lower than 50-50. Yeah, Dom, uh, I'm not even going to be able to pronounce his last name, Dom at the Athletic is his, uh, his Twitter name, has the Capitals at just a 16% chance to win the series, which is crazy to me that in a sport like hockey we could have a team that heavily favored over another. Um, just kind of, I mean, I, you talked about the 0-9-10 Caps and makes me think, you know, how favored were the Capitals against Montreal? And if the Capitals won this series, would that be like the same level of upset as we saw in 2010? Well, I don't think it would be. Um, you know, the, the Caps are a 100-point team. They're not a bad team. I mean, let's let's be real here. They're, they're a, a good hockey team. They'd probably be, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth team in the Western Conference. Um you know, points aside, just like in the quality of the team, you know, they, they, they might even have, be, have home ice in the playoffs if they're in the Western Conference this season. So, I mean, they're not a bad team. Uh, and, and Florida certainly isn't the greatest team we've ever seen, uh, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's that level of upset um, if the Caps were to pull this off. Um, but it would be... It would be pretty shocking uh, in any event. I mean, the East this year, obviously, we've talked about it a lot. Very, very top-heavy. I mean, you had these eight teams 
probably on January 1st, it, it, you probably could have called it, you know, uh, and it was just about uh, seeding at that point. So, um, you know, they, they're, the Caps are a good team. Um, they're not a top tier team in the East. Uh, the, and obviously Florida is, and we'll see what comes of it. But uh, it, no, I, I would not put it at, at the, that level, but it, you know, it, it could, it probably would be the biggest uh, upset in for, you know, for the caps uh, in caps history. Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time remembering when they've had, when they've overcome a bigger deficit, uh, you know, this would be bigger, for example, than when they beat Boston in 2012, uh, even though that was a big upset. I mean, Boston was the Stanley cup champs that year, uh, you know, the previous year, obviously. Um, and, uh, the caps, uh, beat them four, three. Um, so th this would probably be the biggest upset, win in caps playoff history if they were able to pull it off yeah it'd be, it'd be pretty shocking almost certainly yeah let's really quickly go through the numbers again from the sportsnet article they did they did us all the favor of pulling everything together from natural stat trick um the panthers were first in Cur in corsi four fourth in goals for second in expected goals for and then 18th in save percentage you already kind of touched on the weakness of their goalies i talked about it when uh, you know, a month ago, I said maybe that makes uh, gives people a little bit of hope playing the Panthers. Uh, believe it or not, the Capitals actually had a higher save percentage than than Florida, uh, for, for whatever that's worth. I mean, what do you is think? Is that just is that five on five or all situations? Uh, five on five totals. Okay. Yeah, yeah, five. yeah. So yeah, five on five, the Caps goalies weren't as abysmal as you might think. Yeah, nine sixteen isn't isn't yeah. awful. Uh, right around league average. Uh, I think it's just. You know, you and I talked about it before. It's probably more of a timing thing, right? They, they yep. nobody give up, give up uh, inopportune goals quite like the Capitals goalies. But if Sergei Bobrovsky, I mean, do we even know yet who Florida is going to be playing? Who, who's going to be the guy, and 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 how kind of quick is the uh, hook going to be there to to switch him if there's a problem? Uh, I would expect it to be Bob, and I would. Um... Yeah, I, I would think that he's got a little leeway because uh, this team is pretty good and can probably afford to drop uh, a game or two to the Caps before they actually get concerned about lo actually losing this series. Um, I mean, you know, you talk about playoff Bobrovsky and his career playoff numbers are not good. Um, I, you know, I, I tend to think that those are all uh kind of in the past uh, not necessarily there's not something that switches for him when he when he gets to the playoffs uh but you know maybe there is but uh to me he's he's a a fine goalie uh capable of being very good uh we saw in that one run that he had with Columbus where he was very good but you know he's he's had two playoffs with the um with the Panthers and has an 880 save percentage in seven games so that's not good. So, uh, you know, that, uh, he certainly the, the great, the biggest hope that the caps have is that, uh, Florida's goaltending sucks more than the caps and like a lot more, like, because the caps are going to get outshot. They're, they're going to, they're certainly out talented by, um, by the Panthers. So, 
in order for the Caps to win this series, uh, the the Florida goaltending has to be much shittier than the Caps goaltending. And, um, you know, that means not just Bobrovsky. That would also mean Spencer Knight. And Knight, you know, for what it's worth, uh, had a decent year and, and had a couple good playoff games uh, last year for him. So who knows? Um, but it's never great that your hope relies on uh, somebody else sucking more, you know? <laughs> Well, no, no. I wouldn't want that to be my key takeaway either. Cap, the Caps X factor is uh, Florida's goaltending be be as bad as, well, the Capitals' goaltending has been at times in playoffs. In well, it's got to be worse. It's got to well, be worse. I'm Way saying worse. historical Capitals' yeah. goaltending. I mean, I'm talking about Michael well, Neuvert second against Tampa Bay in the second round in, what was that, 20? Right, but 13? I mean. That's like 87%. Yeah. That's what they got to put up. We're talking like 80s. Is that uh, yeah, I mean, the we de- we would definitely, I think, need to see Florida's goaltending being below the the ninety percent Mendoza line, and the Caps being uh, probably above nine ten for this to even be a series. All right, well, that's yeah, that's uh, probably true and probably not super encouraging. <laughs> um, well, you know, we've talked a lot this year about the Capitals' power play. Um, they really played a much, much better down the stretch. Really, you can kind of point to the beginning of March, and from that point on, I think they were, uh, God, I'm forgetting the exact percentage, but they, they, they were good. I'd say they were probably about close to 25%, yep. um, especially if you kind of exclude when they weren't really playing anymore. Not that you can do that, but um, what are your thoughts on the Caps power play? How they turn it around? Uh, I think they turned it around by getting healthy, to be honest. Uh, getting Nick Backstrom back is huge. Um, for my money, Nick Backstrom's play this year uh, was concerning. Uh, you know, I, he had the injury and missed half the season or whatever. So chalk some of it up to uh, him taking a while to come back. But, like... I don't think he ever got there. You know, I don't think he has gotten there to where he needs to be, but the one place where he's still Nick Backstrom is the power play. And, uh, you know, he's a terrific, terrific power play, uh, quarterback, even from the half wall, you know, and, uh, having him back, having TJ Oshie back made a big difference in the power play. And, you know, that that's another place where the caps are going to have to, uh, have to take advantage uh, against a, a Florida power a penalty kill that's you know mediocre. It's not not their strong point by uh, by any means. No, I mean their their, their penalty kill is uh, well about as good as Washington, 16th in the league at 79 and a half percent. Right, and I think and they took the six most they they were shorthanded the six most times in the league. So I mean, presumably the Caps will get some power plays. And again, I mean, we, we keep the, the margin for error in this series for the Caps is so small, you know, and, and so that means that, like, when you get power plays, you got to score on them. And, you know, obviously you don't have to score on 100 percent of them, but uh, you got to score on 20 percent of them or 25 percent of them, you know, if you're going to even have a prayer in this thing. So, uh, yeah, they'll get some chances. 
and they need to uh, make good on them. And, uh, you know, whatever wrinkles Blaine Forsyth might have that are to, to make this thing fucking work, that he's got to, uh, it, it's time to pull out all the stops. Definitely. When we talk about the Capitals, I mean, you've already talked about how important goaltending is going to be, how they're going to need to have uh, goaltending slightly, well, not slightly, uh, materially better than Florida's. What skaters need to be great for the Capitals to win in this series? Oh, need to be great. Um, I mean, you certainly need Evgeny Kuznetsov to be great. Um, You need... Nick Backstrom to be much better than he has been. Uh, to me, I, you know, I look at the centers, you know, and uh, I think Lars Eller had a very rough year uh, that he did turn around over the last month or so um, and was looking a lot better. So to me, it's those those three guys. I think you know what you're going to get from Nick Dowd, uh, and and that's good. Um, so to me, it's got to be those three guys. Um, I look at some other guys. You know, Martin Faravari being a top pair defenseman as a rookie. He's had some struggles this year, uh, big time. He needs to be, uh, you know, not struggling. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and 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 another like. If you want like an X factor guy, uh, it might be Anthony Mantha. Like yeah. that, that's a guy who, um, can, you know, can can be uh, the best player on the ice some nights, and uh, he can also be invisible some nights. And uh, you know, it, it's easy for me to say from here that it looks like uh, you know a level of compete issue with him or you know whatever it is um but he's got to be invested and he's got to be a difference maker um for 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 the caps to have a chance you know it's it's a lot of the forwards to be honest um but you know obviously the defense too but you know we've had pretty consistent efforts from guys like carlson and orlov and jensen uh and van reemsdyke throughout the year I mean, sure. I would love it if Justin Schultz suddenly turned into Bobby Orr. That would be great. But uh, you know, in in terms of reality, guys who like have a ceiling above what they've shown so far uh, and shown recently, I you know, I do look at those uh, centers and I look at uh, Anthony Mantha probably and and possibly Ferrari as guys who uh, I'd really like to see. Uh, just like bump it up a notch, right? I love your Anthony Mantha pick. Um, you know, he's a guy that the Capitals definitely like. They, they gave up a lot to get him, right? I mean, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, they gave up Vrana. They gave up the draft pick. I mean, you can argue the draft pick was used to get what Ponick off the book, something like that. But um, I mean, altogether, the package was a lot. And if they just wanted regular season production. They would have just kept Jacob Vrana. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, and Vrana's been great in the regular seasons. He's done really great things in Detroit in the regular season. Uh, Mantha put up nine goals in 37 games this year, and didn't get any goals in the playoffs last year. Um, he's got that bigger body that was supposed to make him a better fit for the Capitals, and especially a better fit for Peter Laviolette's system. I mean, 
now's the time. I mean, he's he's yep. got to step up in this playoffs if the Capitals are going to be successful. Um, again, if he's not going to score, they would have been better off keeping the draft picks and Jacob Verano. Well, yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, in a lot of ways this is a, a bigger playoffs maybe than some people kind of realize. It, you know, it is another. It's the second year of Laviolette. It is. Uh, obviously another year off of Ovechkin's career, another year off Backstrom's career, um, for, for whatever those type of, uh, windows uh, seem to matter. It's a, it's another year and it's like, uh, another year with, with these goaltenders, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, if things don't work out the way, and it's tough because obviously they're playing an absolute juggernaut and how do you like how do you really gauge like where you are when you're playing against uh a a team like this who is probably gonna you know treat you like a bug on the windshield uh you know that florida's look i'm sure looking past the caps i mean they 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 have their designs on uh much higher uh things than than the caps uh so you know they're probably, you know, a perfect example. Aaron Ekblad, uh, who's been out since the middle of March, their their Norris caliber defenseman. Uh, they're not going to rush him back for for the Caps. You know, I, I don't I don't think I don't think they're they're so worried. They they need him for uh, the second, third, fourth round of of the playoffs. So you know, it, you know, maybe we see him in the middle or later part of the series. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think that they, they view this series as, uh, likely to be particularly challenging and, you know, no one does. And maybe that's a good thing for the caps, you know, maybe, uh, this, uh, us against the world, uh, mentality suits them. Uh, I, I guess we'll find out, but I, I think that, uh, you know, where you come back from this season and, and that definitely, you know, uh, I, you talked about you jumping the gun on the post era <laughs> earlier. I, I guess I'm doing it now, uh, already looking to the off season. But we'll we'll come back and talk about the off season and what it all means uh, after the after this uh, playoffs run <laughs> is is done. But I, I, but I heard I, yourself I it, uh, not say at the end of this series. I, I can yeah, hear you. <laughs> no, it's you know I I think, but you know. You you look and and I I would not at all uh, question uh, Peter Laviolette's job security, but um, you know we talk about uh, we have something going up on the site may be up already by the time uh, this is out, but uh, you know our roundtable and predictions and uh, one of the questions that uh, we were answering in the roundtable is. Uh, what, what do you think the Caps' biggest advantage in this series is? And it's a good question because uh, I don't think that, that they have many, obviously, but uh, theoretically, the big advantage for the Caps in this uh, series should be behind the bench, right? I mean, they have a coach who's uh, coached 1,000-whatever, 1,300 NHL games, right, taking his last three clubs to the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, coached 150 playoff games or something like that, and uh, going up against a guy who wasn't a head coach on opening night and uh, has never 
been the head coach in a playoff series uh, at any level, I don't think. And, uh, you know, so that's somewhere where you have an edge. And to me, like we've talked about before, uh, coaching in the playoffs is different than coaching in the regular season. It is much more about uh, specific preparation against the team that you're facing versus uh, working on your own systems and schemes because, you know, it, it's regular season is you're playing uh, every other night, more or less, you know, three and four, you know, six and eight, you know, just playing nonstop. So all you can ever work on really in the regular season for the most part is your own systems. Hey, this is what we're going to do on the four check. Hey, this is what we're going to do on the power play. Come playoff time, you have a few days off. You have uh, a week against the same opponent, maybe two weeks against the same opponent. Uh, and so you're much more uh, focused on game planning against them versus planning for your own um, for your own team and, and what you're, you're working on. So uh, to me, the Caps have an advantage in uh, Peter, Peter Laviolette versus Andrew Burnett, at least in theory, that that should be an advantage for the Caps. And uh, I, I want to see how that plays out because, uh, frankly, last year I thought that uh, Bruce Cassidy outcoached uh, Peter Laviolette. And uh, that probably shouldn't have been the case. Uh, but, you know, if, if Peter Laviolette comes in here and gets outcoached uh, by Andrew Burnett, uh, that's not a great look, right? And so, you know, to me, that doesn't mean the Caps need to win this series for Peter Laviolette to look like he knows what he's doing as a coach. You know, it's much more, uh, you know, are the adjustments being made? Like, if the Caps are are getting hemmed in on their breakout, does he have the answer for that? Because that's something that we never saw, for example, from Todd Reardon, right? Uh, you know, when he goes against uh, Rod Brindamore in that first Carolina series after uh, the Caps won the Cup, which is a thing that they definitely did do, uh, they, you know, the his inability to figure out how to break the puck out of his own zone, uh, it was pretty damning. And uh, so, you know, I look for Laviolette to to possibly uh, throw some shit at Brunette that you know, that Brunette will have to counter. You know, we've seen some great coaching matchups through the years. And I think specifically about that, like, 2016-17-18 run of trots against Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And there were th those three series. You can look back at them, and you can look back game to game and see, like, okay, here's where Sullivan makes an adjustment, and they uh they counter an advantage that the caps had had and here's trots counter adjusting to it and just like the chess match between those guys uh over three series was pretty great and uh you know it, there's only so much a coach can do i mean peter laviolette's not getting out there and and stopping pucks and not giving up rebounds uh but at the same time he has to put his team in a position to win and uh, in a position to compete, and I think that he's uh, he, he should be capable of doing that, and that's where the Caps, uh, if they have an advantage, um, 
that that's uh you know on paper that that's where it is i think yeah that's a good one and it's and it's interesting i mean those were three great coaching matchups the caps penguins and um you know trout's got the last one and obviously it was an all-important one and you know you could you could also say that trout's kind of played himself in one of the earlier series kind of it went for that galaxy brain move to play seven defensemen unnecessarily. <laughs> so uh, kind of lost it for himself there. But, it, you know, rolling back to where we started that last point, it's interesting to hear you talk about how the Panthers are probably kind of overlooking the Caps, just like the Capitals used to overlook the Panthers on the regular season schedule. So it's uh, it's a, it's, it's going to be a trap series for Florida. So, that, so oh, hopefully yeah. that can bode well for the Caps. Um, John, I, I've got, you know, we're, we're at about 35 minutes. I think kind of the people listening are going to have a pretty good idea of, of what the predictions are going to be. Um, so before we get to that, I got one last question for you now that, well, two, the, the regular season is over for, for almost all the teams. There's, there's one game left to be played. Um, but who do you have as kind of your capitals MVP this year? Um, who kind of made the biggest difference to the team? And it, it, besides Ovechkin, you know, who, oh. who, was, who was the guy that did it? For oh, you? come on. I mean, besides Ovechkin, besides uh, Ovechkin. assuming uh, you were going to pick him. Yeah. I mean, he, he is far and away the guy, right? Um, but, you know, if I have to choose someone other than him, uh, you know, I think that you can make a case for Kuznetsov. Um, he had a, a strong year and a year that they needed him to, to have a strong year, especially with Backstrom out for the first half of the season. Um, and you know, I, I, I think that you could make a, a case for John Carlson again. I, I thought he had another really good year. I, I think that John Carlson has kind of surfed the wave from maybe overrated to like being underrated now like this guy had a, a terrific season and gets minimal credit for it um uh, yeah uh okay my my mvp for this year uh non-alex ovechkin division is going to be uh dimitri orlov <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> no that's good i mean i think i think he had a great year he i did. think he's a, a terrific player, um, and I think that you know, without really getting any power play time, uh, he put up big numbers. Uh, the the Orlov Nick Jensen pairing was uh, the Caps' consistently best pairing, um, and a, a huge great compliment to John Carlson and Martin Farivari, kind of the way that the Orlov uh, Matt Niskanen. Uh, combo was uh, back, you know, five years ago, six, seven years ago, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, non non OV division. I think I'm going Dimitri Orlov. What about you? Who do you have? I can't believe after that Carlson thing, you took my guy. I can't. I can't believe you, you were going to say Orlov. In. Yeah, I was. I was <laughs> actually. I was looking between Orlov and actually Jensen, so I'll, I'll go yeah. with I'll, I'll go with Nick Jensen. I mean, I do think Orlov's the guy who drives who drives the bus for that pairing, but yeah. uh, you know, Nick Jensen was a guy that um, 
when the Capitals traded for him, I've said this about 18 times on the show, he's supposed to be that second, you know, Kempney. He's going to be the guy yeah. that comes into the deadline, uh, the game, the deal, the second he came in before he had ever skated for the Caps. Um, God, started on like, he just didn't look good out there for the, that first kind of year and a half, right? And since then, I mean, Jensen's like easily one of their three best defensemen. I mean, I, I truly believe it's it's Orlov, Carlson, and Jensen. Those are the three yeah, guys I mean, that I have the most faith in. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe the people that they've given more to are the guys that they were more interested in. I mean, obviously the Capitals had much higher expectations for Justin Schultz than, than they've gotten from him. If the, you could kind of have a least valuable player, he, he'd, he'd probably be mine. And, uh, All right. Is he your least valuable player this oh, year? Uh, yeah, I think he's worse than the goalies, 100%. Wow. I, I mean, the guy is abysmal. Uh, like it's not even, every time he touches the puck, it, it, it's miserable. I, I hate watching him play. And, and on aggregate, as bad as the goalies have been, like they still are like average on aggregate. Like I, I know how timely bad it can be, but like you can't even find moments of Justin Schultz and be like, wow. <laughs> So glad that he's a capital. Like he was definitely worth that contract they gave him. Wow, Justin Schultz truther. I I mean, I don't think it's like a low hanging fruit. It's not like I'm, I'm, I'm shocking the world here. At least, at least I don't think so. I I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I am, I have a very clear, uh, least valuable player, but I'm not going to name him out of respect for him. So we can, we can just skip over that but he wears number 19 <laughs> wow that's okay all right i mean I'll... it's a spicy meatball but guess what that guy makes 9.2 million dollars a year like if we're ta- if we're talking about value like least value as in the greatest difference between their salary and you know market value or the value they've provided i i have a hard time finding anybody who uh, has a bigger gap than uh, than number nineteen, but I it, it literally like part of me dies just saying it. Like I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. But back on the other side of like positive value, just to like complete this thought without out leaving a horrible taste in our mouth, uh, I would say that uh, Nick Dowd and Garnet Hathaway deserve mention too because those guys. Are uh, yeah, they they make like two and a half million dollars between them, uh, and uh, they're they're just rock solid. So uh, I'm good with those dudes. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, I don't want to talk specifically about the goaltending. Um, I lo- <laughs> love seeing Ov. Wait, are, you're not even going to ask me who my game one starter would be? I'll ask you that one after I ask you this one. Oh, okay. okay. I I love seeing Ov Hammett up uh, with the Rangers crowd. It, I thought that was great, especially seeing him use both arms, kind of do that loop over his head. Made me feel pretty confident that we're going to be seeing Ovechkin get in regular minutes in this first-round playoff series. Um, do you fully expect to see Ovechkin? A hundred percent. I mean, a thousand percent. Like, will he be at a hundred percent? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it, Tarek had some uh, video of him hammering one-timers uh from practice this morning that looked pretty pretty good so you know uh i i think we all assume it was a shoulder thing and um he uh, i don't know that you know it doesn't seem to be bothering him i'm sure if any of these last three games were the playoffs he would have been there he's never missed a playoff game never and um 
you know, a little disappointed that Toronto had to hurt him again, just like Kadri uh, did uh, in 2016, and uh, I think. And, yeah, uh, so that's unfortunate. But uh, I think he looks good to go. And, um, you know, whenever whenever you have an OV, you have a chance. That is the the truth. Okay, I like we have it. we have an Ovi. Yeah, yeah, much like you have a Hulk. Is that where we're going exactly. here with this one? All exactly. right. You know, going back to uh, it's no, never mind. It's, it's just you're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, when I used to look through Ovet, like whenever I used to have this like pool with like 18 people for every playoffs, and there'd be a bracket. And, you know, I'd always put the Capitals to win because I was a fool and young. But the the tiebreaker was always how many goals would Ovechkin score. And in the playoffs, and because I picked the Caps, the number I always put was 16, because I assumed Ovechkin would have to average a goal a game that the Capitals win in. You know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that's just how it would shake out. Obviously, right. they, they play a lot more in that number of games. And, you know, for the most part, I think that's that's still kind of a, a true number for the Capitals. As he goes, so do they, at least offensively. Uh, well, I mean, he had 15 when he won Conn Smythe. Yeah, so there you go. I, I did pretty My... my uh, I think I would have been like 15 when I came up with that or something like that. So that about Genius. that age. Yeah, a visionary ahead of my time. <laughs> I just thought it would happen about 10 years before it did. So <laughs> Should have. <laughs> um, all right, so you, you actually do want to talk about goalies. Everyone that follows you and Kevin, on, I mean, it, it's rough. You and Kevin on Twitter. Kevin, our boy Kevin, just he's always ragging on Samsonov. There's a lot to rag on. I love your Sammy Coaster tweets. Um I kind of expect to see him every time he's in the net. So who do you got? Who do you got starting? I don't think you're going to shock me here, but maybe you will. Uh, I mean, I guess I could shock you with Phoenix Copley, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to. No, I mean it's Vanacek. He's yeah. he's been uh, he's at higher highs and um, lesser uh, lows than Sammy's had all year. You know, uh, we we've written a bunch about the goalies this year and. Uh, one of the things that that's interesting to me is that, you know, it, you, you always hear, oh, man, if the Caps could just get consistently average goaltending, right? And, uh, you know, that, that actually isn't what you'd want. Like, uh, it, there's been a lot of t- talk uh, looking at baseball uh, pitchers, right? Uh, and do you want an average pitcher or do you want a guy – who goes out there and is lights out one night and shits the bed the the next start, you know? And you you actually end up winning more games uh, with a guy who's more volatile than uh, a guy who's consistently average. Uh, so a- average goaltending isn't necessarily the goal for the Caps, you know? It, it you know, over the long run, it, it works. But in the short run, uh, I think you want... Uh, more more volatile goaltending that av- that you know comes in after it's all said and done at that average number but rather than a guy basically going 910 every night you want a guy who's going to go you know 925 one night 895 the next night and and you know oscillate between those and just hope you get lucky with them especially when you're an underdog in a series like the caps are going to be uh that said I think Vanacek still gives them the best chance at that, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, 
I, I hear all about Sammy's upside and his potential and this, that, and the other thing. He makes athletic saves that nobody makes. It, it, and uh, I think that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> I think that, like, I don't know that that's uh, actually the case. I mean, yeah, he is athletic, and I've seen him make some absolutely brilliant saves. But you know who else makes brilliant saves? Every other goalie in the league. That's why they're in the NHL. So, you know, it, I, I think that people have this uh, idea of Samsonov being uh, just like just so close to putting it all together and uh, being a terrific goalie. Uh, but I, I just don't see it. And uh, it, for me, Vanacek's more sound uh, and he's almost every bit as spectacular and probably makes fewer highlight reel saves because he uh, doesn't put himself in the position to have to make as many uh, highlight reel saves. I mean, you can't, he's had a much better year. He's, he's just, he's just a much better goalie right now. And uh, if you, th that is some serious galaxy brain shit. If you are wanting to start the goalie who it has been by far the worst of the two so far. That said, uh, I, I don't have the longest leash in the world on Vanacek. Uh, I, you know, I, I probably give him uh, two bad starts before I say, fuck it, let's go with the other guy. Uh, so, you know, it's not a long leash. It's not the shortest leash in the world. It's probably the same leash that I would have uh, given uh, the 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 guy in 2018 start him the first two games because he had the better regular season but if he can't show that he can uh do anything in those two games maybe you go back to the the, the other guy who was supposed to be the number one all along and then maybe that guy goes on a run and may and who the hell knows what happens next yeah samsonov is kind of run out of room to rely on his draft uh position yeah, well, I mean, you, you never do. I mean, that, that's one thing about this league is that, like, your draft pedigree goes with you forever. Like, how many chances did uh, Cam Barker get as the number three pick in the 2004 draft? I mean, that guy sucked, and he got more bites at the apple than far worse players because, hey, this guy was a former number three pick. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I agree with you. Samsonov has run out of runway here. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is, uh, I do expect to see him this series just because I don't have the utmost faith in Vanacek and uh, Florida's offense, you know, best case scenario, they, they probably have one game in which the Caps have to pull their goalie because they've given up so many damn goals. <laughs> Well, I mean, Montreal had to pull their goalie how many times in that 2010 series? Uh, yeah, too many. Um, yeah. I wish I wish they'd like made another change in One the more. last three games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it it can happen. I mean, the team that, that that's changing their goalies around all the time can still come back and win a series that they don't deserve to win. Um, you know, nobody knows that better than the Capitals. Um, some of those players still on the team. Um, well, yeah. So that, that, that's what's crazy. Um, John, I really appreciate you coming on. You know, I, I hope that Samsonov is, is not on Twitter, or if he is, he doesn't uh, doesn't see all the nice things that people have to say to him all the time. <laughs> but he is... Yeah, it's uh, rough, man. It rough. is rough out there for the for him, but <laughs> yeah. some of it's on, on him. But 
Not, sure. The, the on-ice stuff's fine. I, it's just tough to see some of the off-ice stuff that people give them crap for. But hey. Well, I, I don't engage in that stuff. No, I know you don't. I know you don't. Um, so I guess this is it. Last question. What's your series prediction? All right. Series prediction. Um, it, to me, it's just too much. Uh, too much Florida. Too much uncertainty on the Caps end. Um you know, uh, can the Caps win a game? Sure. Uh, can they win two games? Maybe. Uh, can they win three or four? I don't think so. So, um, as a personal rule, I, I don't pick uh, six games, teams winning in six in any playoff series, because I think that's chicken shit, because everybody picks six games. Oh, yeah, yeah, This team is six. <laughs> this team is six. I'm going to go with this team is six. No. Be bold, make a pick. I'm going Panthers with the gentleman's sweep, Panthers <laughs> in five. I I just I can't see it any other way. Like I mean, I could see Panthers in four, but I I, I just I have a and and then six we've ruled out. But like I can't I I, I can't I don't know I I don't know that the Caps have enough here. I I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope I hope I'm here with you in two weeks previewing round two. Yeah, I think the uh, – I don't see – I mean, I could see the Capitals definitely winning two games. I think Ovechkin will carry them to one. Um, you know, he'll probably put up two goals, and that will be enough to kind of uh, – you know, maybe the Panthers come play some really hardcore offense, but the Capitals are able to actually hold them off this this time. And then altogether, all I think that we uh, – if we're not going to pick six, then I will also have to go with Panthers in five, though. I, I, I don't see any any chance that the Capitals stretch it to seven or, or any realistic chance. I mean, it would take an epic collapse for a Florida goaltending. Um, I, I don't think this Capitals team has another switch. Uh, I, I have not been overly impressed by how they've played over the last kind of month and a half. I mean, the only real improvement or the, the most notable improvement to me has been their power play. Um, you know, that they, they went on a crazy points percentage stretch, but that, that was really what stood out there was just the power play and, and they were getting some kind of timely goaltending, uh, but they were winning a lot of close games. So, uh, I mean, they, they did have a run not long ago where they, you know, they beat Colorado, they beat, uh, you know, Tampa, they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Boston, you know, yeah. They, they had a little run. They, they did. They, they they had a little run. They, they and that definitely... was that was in April. So feels like it was longer ago than that. But <laughs> it sure it, does. It feels like that was basically another season. But um, you know, I, I'm excited to get to have the playoffs back to watch. Um, I like you. Hope that I'm wrong and that our next podcast is not talking about uh, the postseason and, and what it means for the Capitals and. And what they need to do to continue to ensure Ovechkin can hit close to 50 goals a season. Um, but but that could be our next call. Uh, but hopefully it won't be. Yeah, hopefully it won't. Maybe we'll do one if this series starts going long. Maybe we'll have a chat. That sounds good to me. Uh, like if in the first round, just so our listeners know, we will not be going back to the format we did in 2018 with an episode after every game. Uh, oh, so we can blame you for them not winning. Yeah, that's fine. If that's what they want to blame me for, I mean, uh, look, guys, I don't, I don't remember if we started that after game one or game two. I know we missed one game in the first round. I don't remember which, 
Uh, or maybe it was a game of second round. I don't know. A lot of it blends together. It was it was one hell of a time. Uh, a time to be alive. Yeah, I wish I remembered it like as well as I did right when it happened. But uh, you know, memories fade. Life gets busy. But um, yeah. But John, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And My pleasure. Uh, hope to talk to you again soon. I hope so. On behalf of John Press and myself, thank you for listening to this episode of Japers Rink Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.